guys to see something that you feel encouraged or comforted or exhorted, you're good to go, Amy. Thank you. Um, does anybody feel like that? There are three things that prophecy, if we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the three things that prophecy does, and prophecy is just speaking on behalf of God. Um, it's so crazy because the, the Lord, He could just speak to you Himself, but He chooses to use the body to bless the body. Because it, because it creates, like Carrie said, you, you're called to be in community. There's things that somebody else will say that if, if you're not in that community, if you're not in that place to where you're going to receive from other people, then like the Lord will use Luke to speak something to me because he wants to use the body to bless the body, right? And it's going to take faith on Luke's part to step out and it's going to take faith on my part to receive it from Luke and not from God, right? And honor somebody else as the body. Does that make sense? So look at um, verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. It says, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. That's why we open it up and we make sure that prophecy is a high value in Jesus' church to where, because when you speak prophetically to people, you're speaking comfort, encouragement, and then sometimes exhortation. You know what exhortation is? Does anybody know what ex exhorting one another is? Building, building each other up. And sometimes it, it's like, hey, I want to encourage you with this. And it might, like Carrie said, it might not be what you want to hear, but it is what you need to hear. But because it's coming from a place of love, it's always exhorting and strengthening. Right? It's like Valor. When I'm like, hey, I'm like, look into my eyes. He like looks away. He's like, I'm not going to look into your eyes. I'm like, Valor, look in my eyes. Because he knows he's about to be exhorted. Right? <laughs> and exhortation is very, very, very healthy and very, very comforting. Um, so, really quick, before I get into what we talked about last week. How many of you, um, I know I heard some people say it, but how many of you guys sometimes feel like you're trying to distinguish between your voice and the Lord's voice? Or your thoughts. Put your hands up high. Put your hands up high. Look at it. Second, First Corinthians chapter three. This is really good. Um, or uh, chapter two. I'm sorry. This will be free. Um. I'm trying to figure out where to start. Sorry, guys. Okay, verse... Verse 6. Um, it says, however... Oh, we should just read all the way up to verse 1. I'm sorry. Paul says, For I determined to know nothing among you, verse 2, except in, of chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter... 1 Corinthians... Chapter 2, verse 2. Everybody there? Is everybody there? Alright. For I determined to know 
or not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That's why you saying all the right things doesn't usually change anything, but the demonstration of the Spirit and power is what changes things. You can say the stupidest stuff you ever want to say, and if it's with the Spirit on it, it's going to change a lot of things. Does that make sense? <laughs> you don't have to say stupid stuff, but... You like people always think that you have to be some super or people try to be super articulate in their in their in the way that they talk and they try to say everything perfect so that people get it. And that's not what God. I can say things. I'll literally preach and people will come and tell me like, hey, when you said this, that was incredible. And I'm like, I didn't say that. But praise God that that's what you heard. Seriously, I'm not kidding you. They'll say it to me like this is exactly what this when you said this and they'll literally quote. And I didn't say any of that. and wasn't even talking about that. That's because it's my my speech and my preaching is not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. Right? It's what we're looking for. You're looking, you're looking for your mouth to open and people to be blown away because the Spirit's speaking, not you. Right? Because then you don't get the glory because you're some scholar. Because I'm not. So funny, we were at a conference, me and Tyler, and we're sitting there and the guy's, I'm about to share a little bit of what he shared, but he was talking, he gets into all this, um, I don't even know the words, to be honest with you. And I know me and Ty are sitting there like, wow, like he's talking about uh, like your mind and the chemical reactions in your mind. And we're just like, praise God. Marty was there. I was like, praise God. No idea what this dude's talking about. I'm like, I am not that smart. But then he starts talking about the word and I'm like, I can understand that. But I can't understand what he's talking about. Um, and this is funny because Paul says right here in verse five, he says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, right? Your faith is not in your ability to share, and their faith should not be in your, your good words. Your, your faith, their faith, should be in the power of God and the transformative power of God, right? It's not, Paul's talking about, I determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So he preached the, cruci the crucified Christ, and he believed that when I preach the crucified Christ, which doesn't make any sense to people, that the Spirit of God and the power of God will transform people. And change people's lives. Like I, we've said it so many times, is the preaching of the gospel is incredible because it doesn't make sense to the mind. And he talks about it, it's foolishness to the Greeks, and people can actually be like, "That's ridiculous." But the Spirit of God actually changes somebody when they hear it. And that's what we're that's what we're looking for. And he wants people to have faith in that, not in the faith of Paul's eloquence in his speech, right? Okay. So this is what I wanted to get to. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Verse 6, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before ages for our glory. Which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they have known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. It's amazing. If the devil knew that by killing Jesus... Christ crucified, he would have opened the door for salvation to every human being. He would have never killed Jesus. Right? That's what I mean. I always say it. On the devil's best day, he played right into God's hands. Right? He did exactly what God wanted him to do. On his best day, he killed Jesus and opened the door for all men to be saved. On his best day. When the, de when the devil fired on all cylinders and he thought he had the perfect, he played right in like a pawn in God's hand. That's awesome. Super good. Um... But it is written, and this is what I wanted to get to. 
Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Has anyone ever heard that scripture? Right? And they always talk about that scripture in the sense of usually like when some crazy catastrophe happens and they don't know how to explain it. They're saying, well, God has some mysterious way and it's never entered into the heart of man. Has anyone ever heard it taught like that? Right? Or there's some incredible things that like eventually in heaven we're going to figure them out and we'll see all things and we'll understand all things and then we'll understand in our hearts what God has prepared for those who love him. Has anyone ever heard it taught that way? The very next verse, this is why we read the Bible. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Right? So all the mysteries, I was like, I heard a guy say, he's just like, when Jesus prayed, he only prayed one time, Lord, your will, not my will, but let your will be done. He never prayed it as a question of whether or not he knew God's will. He 100% always knew God's will. Jesus did. He lived 100% knowledgeable of God's will. And this is free, but if, if we don't know and understand the will of God for your life, for other people's lives, for what he's doing in the earth, then you'll never be able to live the life of faith because you won't have faith in something that you don't believe God wants to do. Does that make sense? If I'm going to pray for Tyler to be healed and I don't know for sure if Tyler's going to, if God wants him to be healed, I can never pray in faith. Ever. If you don't believe, faith starts where the will of God is known. Right? So if I know that it's God's will that I be free in an area, if I know that it's God's will that this person's healed, if I know that it's God's will for Tyler to be saved, then I can always pray, preach, do whatever in confidence because I know that God's heart is backing it. But if I question whether God wants Tyler to be saved, how can I ever actually believe that he, how can I ever do anything in confidence, right? Maybe Tyler's one of the ones that's chosen not to be, not to be saved at the beginning of creation. I can, I, can never, I can never share the truth of the gospel in confidence, right? I have to know that God sent his son to die for Tyler I have to know that that's his will that Tyler be saved. Or I can't, I can't actually share truth and conviction and confidence ever. Right? That's why the will of God is very important in our life if you know the will of God for your life personally in every situation. Right? You can't have faith for something that you don't know is his will. Because it'll, it'll, it'll put you on shaky ground. And that's why we pray, pray prayers like, Lord, if it be your will. Because then it's not faith. It's just up to the Lord. And I back out and it's not up to me. Right? It's a cop-out. Yeah. Did you, forget you had the, did you forget you had the microphone? Can you just touch on that, the predestination thing that you just talked about, just real quick? It's like, oh, Tyler was you know, just determined to be saved before the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people, people um, like there's doctrine that believes that God chooses and predestines people to be saved or not saved because God is all-knowing and all-powerful. Um, look at really quick First Timothy, and this will answer all your questions. Um, Romans chapter 1, it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. What's it say? For all men, for anyone who believes. So that right there swings the door wide open for anyone that wants to believe. Salvation is not, everybody is not saved, but everyone's payment for salvation has been paid. But it takes faith on the person to believe, right? That's why, like, there is a necessary response to what God has called people to. to. So look at 1 Timothy. Um, verse, uh, 
First Timothy 2. Um, verse 3, it says, he talks about praying for all men, intercessions and prayers be made for all men. Okay, actually, let's just read it. It says, therefore, in verse 1, I exhort, first of all, that supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who... God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay? So would you say that God's desire that all men be saved is, is equating to God's will that all men be saved? Right? But not all men are saved. It has to be responded in faith. Right? We have to believe on Jesus and give our lives to Jesus to experience salvation. But it is His desire 100% for everyone to be saved. That's why you can preach the gospel with confidence no matter who's in front of you. It doesn't matter if you it doesn't matter who they are, you know that God Jesus paid for all the sins of the world, right? I mean there's a million scriptures that I can quote. John says that Jesus comes, he says, "Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world." Not just one person's sins, not just the chosen elect few, but the the entire world. And it's available for everybody. Does that make sense? I'm not going to get into it. It's a lot more than that. Is that is that good? Go ahead. Uh, I don't know. I don't actually want you to. Not really. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just kidding. You can go ahead. Are you going to take me down a deep rabbit trail for 25 minutes? We're addressing healing <laughs> at one point, right? Yeah. And that word saved, it's sozo. Mm -hmm. So it has to do with healing. So it's all who desires all men to be healed. All men to be saved, delivered, healed, kept safe and sound, protected and made whole. That's God's desire for all men. And if that's, if that's, if we understand that, like if we understand, if we can just settle that, God wants good for mankind and that's why he sent his son, then we can be confident that we should pursue goodness for people. Does that make sense? Is that cool? Okay. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, faith begins where the will of God is known. If you don't know the will of God, you can't have faith for something. Okay. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Verse 10. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of the the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have freely get, or have been freely given to us. We have the spirit so that we know what God has given to us. Okay. These things we also speak, not in words which man teaches, um, but what the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Okay, So this is what I wanted to get to. Um, this guy was sharing on it. It really blessed me. And I was like, this is really good to teach people. Um, let's say that you're a, a atheist, an, a natural atheist that just believes that we evolved from matter and whatever. You following me? Um, I don't know where they come from. You come from something. Luke, you're in school. Where do you come from? Um, so if, if I'm just, if I'm just a, if I'm just a, 
a product of chance and matter, right? Which is what we believe in evolution, what people believe in evolution. Then that means that my thoughts and the way that I think and feel and emotions are all, all just chemical reactions in the brain. Does that make sense? Like they're all just, they're, they're chemical reactions in the brain. There's not anything driving that. Because you can chase that back to that chemical reaction happened because of this chemical reaction. And all of that happened because we were somewhere in a pit. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's a chemical reaction. So that means that you take away free thought, free will, thought process. Like there's no truth. It's Your thoughts are just nothing, right? That's foolishness, okay? So we don't, we know that. So that means that we know that that's foolishness. So we know that your thoughts are actually driven by something deeper in your heart, right? There's something about you that actually drives the way that you think. It's your spirit in you. That's why when, when you die, you're going to fall asleep, but you're not going to cease to exist, right? Like when, when Nathaniel dies, I'm going to be able to see Nathaniel in heaven and I'm not going to be like, I can't remember who you are. Like, I'm going to recognize him and know him because of my because of my spirit is what's driving my thinking, my reality, who I am. Does that make sense? You're tracking with me. Okay? So think about this. That's why when we meditate on the word and what we're thinking about actually creates in our life. So when we meditate and give ourselves to me, to thinking and fear and anxiety, we produce negative think, negative emotions and negative um like fruit in our lives. That's why also a mind that's set on the spirit is life and peace. Because thinking and meditation is actually spiritual. Does that make sense? Are you, are you guys tracking with me? Okay, now listen to this. So if it's my spirit that dictates what I believe, what I think, the way that I am and everything about me, then if I take my spirit and I put it inside of Tyler, I don't have to speak audibly to Tyler. Tyler has access to everything that I am. Does that make sense? So think about this. If I put my spirit inside of Tyler, then Tyler can look at Nathaniel and he can think the same thoughts that I think towards Nathaniel. Because he's one spirit with my spirit. Does that make sense? That's why we have the mind of Christ because his spirit has been joined to our spirit. And the spirit searches the deep things of God and reveals them to us through our spirit. That's why sometimes you can look at a situation and you might just know which way to go, but you've never thought of it before. Has anyone ever had that happen? That you just have wisdom in a situation and the wisdom in the situation is actually the spirit of God inside of you because God, you have access to all that God is and all that he knows, right? So when, you, when I stand before Simon, I'm not just going to start pulling random thoughts. I have God's heart for Simon. That's why sometimes you'll look at somebody and be drawn to them with the same emotions that God has for that person. Does that make sense? Because your spirit's one with his spirit. Right? So think about this. You have access to the thoughts and the mind of God for a single person. So that's why when we prophesy, all you have to do is give yourself to say, all right, Lord, what do you want to say to this person? And that's why sometimes it feels like it's your thoughts because it's through the same way. Does that make sense? And that's why it's super common sometimes to mix it up, whether that was you or him. You can't tell the difference. Does that make sense? Super good. That's why when I look at, I can pray over Tyler and I'd be like, I can share some things that are coming to my heart and coming to my mind and I'm sharing them. And it might be like, he's like, dude, that's really blessing me. And then there might be a part to where I'm like, I share it with him and he's just like, that doesn't really sit. And I'm like, I can recognize, oh, I might've added to what I was thinking or what I was hearing. And I mixed up his voice and my voice. 
And that's why sometimes your voice sounds like his voice in your head. That's why sometimes you'll just be driving and you'll be like, and you'll have a thought, but it's a thought that's bringing fruit and life and peace to you. It's coming through your mind, but it's the spirit of God inside of you using your mind to speak to you. Does that make sense? That's why it's so important for us to understand that is because you have access to the heart and the mind of God. And I believe when you understand that, you hear God more than you think you do. Right? Because I can think about times, but even before I was filled with the Spirit and before I really knew the voice of God, that's just like, I was. I remember I was riding motorcycles. Me and my brother were little, and we were riding around, and there was like a, a path like through the field that was like cut out. And I remember turning around and going back, and I'm like, I wonder if I went around this corner if my brother was coming on the same way. Like, if he's coming that way, we'll hit each other. And I was like, surely that's not going to happen. I come around the corner, hit him head on. Jerry broke his arm. I, I walked away unscathed. Um, but I was, I remember as like a, however old we were. How old were you, Dad? You think? Like five and seven? I was seven years old. I remember thinking a thought about a future event that if I do this, there's no way that I would know that. But it's just a random. Has anyone ever had that happen even before you knew the Lord? Right? You're just like, how did I know that? That's because it's the Spirit of God on the inside of you teaching you. It's like, we don't realize that we hear the voice of God more than we think we do. And that's why sometimes if we just actually step out and take chances and just be like, that's why I just go, if I'm driving, the Lord's like, hey, go into this place. What, what am I going to lose? That's a low risk. Like I wasted five minutes of my time. I walk into this place and something happens. Like if, it, if, it, if it's the Lord, then sweet. If it's not, then it's me. Like whatever. I'm just going to take the chance. You know what I mean? And that's why I'll share things with people and be like, hey, I don't know if this is right or not, but this is what I'm sensing or what I'm feeling. And it's like, because of that, I hear the Lord a lot because I keep taking chances and letting him speak to me. And I think a lot of times when we're doing this kind of stuff and like the prophecy, you guys lay hands on people and immediately you start hearing all these things or thinking all these things or having pictures come to your mind and you're like, ah, it's probably just me. And then you're actually quieting the voice of God and, and you're to share stuff with people. Does that make sense? Like, we can't do that. Like, we have to just be like, like this is a, especially here, like you're cool. People are cool with just being like, hey, that's probably not, that's probably just you. Or like, I mean, there's been times where I hear something and then I'm like, interpret it and then add to it. And it's just like, obviously that's not like, I don't need to add to it. I just need to share what I'm thinking. Like I remember I laid hands on this lady. Um, we were in ministry school. And right when I laid hands on her, I saw this field of sunflowers as she was driving. And I'm like, I can't even think of a single scripture with sunflowers in it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I can't. So I'm just like, I was like, whatever. I was like, Hey, I see you with your in, with the car, with the window down and you're driving in a whole field full of sunflowers. So she just starts crying. She's like, God says that every time you see a sunflower, know that I love you. That's what she said. She's like, every time I, that's something that the Lord spoke to me forever. And I'm just like, I'm not going to interpret it. I'm just going to share it, whatever I see. Like, but that's why it's like, we're not trying to be like new agey weird when we're just like, hey, whatever you hear in your heart, speak it. I believe you have the spirit of God. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm okay with picking up the pieces if it's not. And like, we're learning to hear God's voice. Like we're all learning. But it's like, that's why when you're praying, you're praying over a situation, you have all these just random thoughts come to your mind about like, and it's like a lot of times they're brought with life and peace in them. And you're just like, oh, that makes sense. This and that. Like, I hardly ever think that I'm like, I hear the voice of God. I usually have a thought or I usually have kind of like a knowing of the direction I'm going already. Like I kind of, I'm usually not shocked by what the Lord spoke to me. And sometimes, sometimes I am, but usually I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of saw that, that that was happening. 
Like when we when we kind of like started renting this building and kind of took over this building, I had saw it in prayer like multiple times before it happened. So then like the pastor of that was originally in here, he said, hey, you want to use our building on Sunday nights? He came to me and said that. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And I had already saw it like three or four times while I was praying. Like, so I'm like, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Like everyone's like, that's crazy. I'm like, it's not crazy to me. I've already saw that because I was giving myself to the thoughts of God. Does that make sense? And Taya saw it too. She confirmed it. I had seen it. I saw it. Whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah, that's not even her first language. She's trying to correct me. Okay. You saw it too. You did sit there see it. Does that make sense? Are there any questions on that? Does that help? Yes. Can you share? Yeah, you can ask a question. We'll never get to what we're talking about. You were sharing on the fact of like going in somewhere and hearing something for somebody. Do do you go in like does that thought out of nowhere just come or are you desiring in your heart to some degree, Lord, I want to hear your voice and right. then the thought comes? Both. Okay. So that's why like if you settle in your heart that you want to hear God, like all you have to do is open. Like I remember I heard Nathaniel say it one time. He's like <clears throat> When you're praying for somebody, you're like, I just don't have anything. It's like, you should just go back and check the mailbox again. Like, because all it takes is me being like, okay, Lord, I want to bless Tyler. I want to love Tyler. Like the gift, like we're me and Michelle were talking about, the gifts of the spirit flow through love. If I know that Tyler's struggling and I want to give him, I want to bless him with something, I'm like, all right, Lord, what do you want to share with Tyler? And I'll share what I feel like I'm saying, like God's saying to Tyler, even if it's just encouragement. Like you might walk by somebody and just feel like you should just encourage them and tell them that they're, they're, they're good looking. You know what I mean? And they might be like, oh, I'm so ugly. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, you don't realize, you don't realize how much God's flowing until you actually, like, I remember my pastor in Colorado, he was talking about um, his son was staying at someone's house and he was probably like eight or nine. And they had a, you know, they had a family or whatever. And they had a little baby, like a toddler that was in a high chair. And he's like, He's a little kid. He's playing in the like he's playing with his his friend and their his little brothers in the kitchen on the tile floor in a high chair. And he just walked over, walked behind him and the kid pushed himself off, fell and he caught him back before his head hit the ground. And he's like a little kid. He's I, I want to say he was under I know he was under 8. I can't remember exact exactly how old he was. And his dad's like a pastor. He's just like, "How did you like He goes, "Dad, I was just sitting there and I had the thought, man, if he fell right now, like, I should get behind him and catch him. He's like, he's like, how did you know that that was God? He's like, because it wasn't a selfish thought. Like, I wasn't thinking about myself. He goes, so I figured if it's about somebody else and for somebody else and it's benefiting somebody else, then it must be God. He's like, so I walked over there and it's like, I'm like, that's convicting as a little kid, like, to do that. Like, I'm just like, and we're just like, no, that's probably not. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know what I mean? Like, you walk over there and you're staying there for a minute and you're just kind of weird looking. Like, there's nothing, like, there's no... There's no risk in that. And it's just like, that's why I always say, like, I test, I test the Lord. Like, it, that sounds really bad. I test the voice of the Lord in the sense of, like, I'm learning what it looks like. Like, I always say, you're at the big, you're at the big salsa aisle. Ask the Lord what's the best salsa. And whatever one you feel drawn to, just believe it and take it and see if it's mango salsa. You know what I mean? And be like, wow, this is bomb. Um, is that cool? Yeah. Hold on. Is, it, is this a microphone worthy? 
Yeah, I think so too. He's like, yeah, probably. Check. I should say this in the microphone. I mean, you think about what Moses, God told him, kick your shoes off. Like, yeah. that was pretty stupid, right? Like, right. why the heck should I kick my shoes off? Right. Like, you wonder how many of those things we miss. 100%. Um, the questions I have, like, the confidence. Like, that's kind of where I, you like, struggle. It. You're growing yeah. it. So, um, I'm trying to think on how to phrase it. Like, like in the instance you gave about the girl with the sunflowers, right? Yeah. If uh, I were to come up and pray next to you, like, yeah, when there, when I hypothetically get the same vision, like, or like, where's that agreement at? If that makes sense, um, shouldn't I, and I'm I'm basing this off of First Corinthians 14, where it talks about how uh, two or three. Speak should be there and then the rest should move over yeah and in the context of that there is the stipulation that unbelievers are there yeah so is it more of a thing where unbelievers that's for unbelievers specifically or no. is that for is that for the whole church that's where so that's where the safety that's where the safety of your own personal walk with jesus comes in is because that's why that's why I say this is a safe place for you to actually just like step out is because if I come and share some crazy word with with my dad like he can be like, let somebody speak and let the others judge. Like, we're not just going to go, yes, that's the Lord. We're going to take it for what it is and run with it. Like, if it's, if it, resi- that's why I always ask him, like, does that resonate with you? What do you think about that? Because I'm okay with being wrong, but I want him to judge it. I'm not just, like, you don't just take a word and be like, yeah, I'm going to take that and run. Like, if I'm like, hey, you guys are called to Africa. You should go to Africa. I feel like God's telling you to go to Africa. And you're just like, like, evangelist, like, don't want nothing to do with Africa. Never have thought of Africa. And it's actually funny because she doesn't want anything to do with Africa. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's true though. Like, you know what I mean? You might love missions. You love missions. You might be like, go send us to the nations, Lord, but I have no desire to go to Africa, you know? But if I'm a prophet or I'm somebody that's prophesying and you guys aren't in the place of judging, like you're not safe in your own personal walk with Jesus, they can share something and be like, bro, that has nothing. I, I, I don't believe that that's from the Lord because and it's like, that's fine. We're not judging anybody. But it's just like, you're, you're not subject to receive everything that everybody says. Like, even with what everyone's saying right now, like, you take it home and test it and, re- like, pray about it and be like, even, I've received some crazy words. I'm like, I appreciate that. Like, I'm just going to pray about it. I'm going to see, like, I'm not condemning the person, but I'm going to, re- like, <laughs> you guys know, because you were at the same place I was. It's like, it's like, it's a, when you create a culture of, like, prophesying and hearing the voice of God, we have to also be okay with missing it and being wrong. That's why, like, if we want to grow in the prophetic, you have to be available and willing to be like, hey, that's wrong. Or you have to be willing and available to be pastored, right? Like, that's why it's like, when we give the microphone to people, you have to be willing to come up here and be like, for me to say, I don't know if that's right, bro. I love you to death and you're welcome. Like, I'd love you to death. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's okay. Like, we're all family and that's why we're growing. But it's like, that's why the let the two speak and the others judge is you're not just open to receive everything that everybody says is the Lord. That's where some things get cool lady. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, like your, it's always your personal walk with Jesus. I remember, so I remember, so the, the Bible college that I went to, um, the, the main guy, he has whatever worldwide ministry and he, his, like, all his stuff is, like, donation-based. Like, he has, like, a suggested donation, but if you want it for free, you take it. 
So he had a lady that was like a well-known, one of his good friends, well-known ministers, like mom, who was like a woman of faith that came up to him and says, God's telling you that you need to start making, like selling your, selling your stuff and not just giving it away. And he's just like, I appreciate that, but God hasn't told me that. So he's like, I'm not going to do that. And it's like, this is like, that's why it's super, it's super touchy to be like, you bring some, like you have somebody that you really idolize and you really think is like the Lord and you share something and you're like, oh, that's, that's the Lord. And it's like, if you're not secure and mature in your own walk with Jesus, then you'll take that and run with it and it'll pr- produce damage because the Lord didn't tell you to do that. That's why like me as like the main leader right now, like I watch what I say because I'm not trying to say something and have somebody run with it because they trust my relationship with the Lord more than, more than theirs. Does that make sense? Like I remember when I, me and Taylor were dating in Bible college, the Lord spoke to me. He says, hey, she trusts your relationship with the Lord more than she trusts my relationship with her. And I was like, no, she doesn't. Like, and I asked her, I said, hey, if, uh, if the Lord told you something and, and you came and shared it with me and I told you that it was different, like I said, no, I don't see it that way. I said, which one would you believe? She's like, if you knew it was the Lord that spoke it to you. She's like, I probably would just go with you and believe that I missed it. And I'm like, that's dangerous. So I just said, I'm not talking to you anymore. No, I'm but I was just like, I did though. I was just like, okay, I said, hey, I'm not doing that anymore. Like you have your own walk with the Lord. I'm not kidding you. In like a week's time, she like was like flourishing and experiencing so much more with the Lord because I, I took off this place of like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like she's idolizing me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, but I'm like, she's like, she's like, you know, listening to me as like the voice. That's why the whole the man of God thing is just not my cup of tea. Because it's like, it just gets you in some weird. And I'm, I, I honor prophets and I honor the people's voice. But like, I always test it with the word and I test it with my own walk with Jesus. So that's why it's, that keeps you safe. That keeps all of us safe. That's why every time we come, anytime that anything's received, you don't have to just take it and be like, yes, sir. Like, I question everything. That's why it says, the righteous man judges all things, but he himself is judged by no one. It's like, you are called to judge all things. Like, it's not, judgment is not wrong to say, I don't know if that's the Lord or that seems like the Lord. I've, I've received words where I'm like, that feels like the Lord, but I have no idea what that means. So I'm just going to sit and receive and like pray about it and ask him and see what that means. You know what I mean? And, and kind of get more on, on, on what he's speaking. And that's why like the prophetic is just super, it's super awesome, but yeah, it's super awesome, but it's like, it, like I said, the Lord could just come to you and be like, Africa, like no one, but, but he uses, he uses like analogies and like prophetic pictures and parables because he wants you to seek him more. You know what I'm saying? Like he wants you to, he wants you to pray about it. He wants you to spend time with him. Like you might have a desire start to grow in you where you're just like, I don't know why, but I just desire African food. I don't know. You know what I mean? But like, you'll just have these things and you'll be like, you're praying, Lord, send me anywhere. Send me to the nation. Send me whatever. Like, and the Lord actually starts and you're feeling like you're getting drawn in an area. And now you're just like, I don't know why. Now you're starting to ask him. And it's like, he's, he wants relationship with you. He doesn't, he's not just saying like, he's not just barking commands out and telling you to go do things. Does that make sense? That's why it's so important. That's why the Lord will be like, hey, he'll share a picture with Simon for me. And I'll be like, man, I don't know what that means, but like, I feel life on it. And it's not like, you know, divorce your wife and run away. Like, you know, it's not some crazy thing outside of the scriptures. And I just take it and I'm like, okay, father, like, what does that look like for me? And I start to pray about it and meditate on it. He starts to unpack it and share it with me. Like, cause he wants the secret place. He wants the intimacy. He wants relationship with you. Does that make sense?
Cheers, guys. <clears throat> um, so I guess my question is a little bit um, more to, I guess, challenge or get more clarity, perhaps. So what do you do when you have, um, you know, the importance of our own relationship, judging someone else's word for you through our own relationship? Is there a line for confidence and arrogance in that place? And also, I don't want to go to Africa. But what if you get this reoccurring word, like, consistently from yeah. totally different, like, yeah. I just don't want to go, man. Yeah. You know, could it be, and I'm just like, I'm taking it to my secret place and yeah. judging them. I, I don't want anything to do with that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, is there a place where we have to lay down our own trust in yeah. our own relationship with God and, and be open to, hey, maybe God is talking? Yeah. Um, you know, I guess talk about yeah. that. Um, the second, stay there, because I didn't. I don't have a super clarity on the first question, but I'll talk about the second question. So, like, if you have no desire to go to Africa and you're getting all these things, part of it is um, surrender. Like, surrender unlocks the voice of God. Um, if you want to hear God clearly, you have to know that you're sold out and surrendered in an area. Like, one of the biggest hindrances to hearing the voice of God is us holding on to something and holding on to like our idea of whatever it's like like with Taya, she never was going to marry an american never live in america those are her two like words 100 percent. like i walked in the door with all my friends i walked by she shared with my buddy andreas in norwegian i'm not moving to america i'm never going to live in i'm never going to marry an american that's what she said you know what i mean <clears throat> and i'm just like but no but for real though but that's where it's like you have to like you have to surrender and sell out and be like, okay, Lord, like, maybe I'm hindering you in, like, I don't want nothing to do with Africa, but maybe you're calling, a, like, calling me to go to Africa. And usually, when you truly surrender, the Lord starts to unlock a lot more of, he settles and establishes you that he's been speaking to you about that, and those words were confirming what he was speaking already. So it's not like, I've never heard that, but these other people have. That's where people get into ministry that shouldn't be in ministry, because they're called to be pastors, when really they're just Christians that love Jesus or whatever, but because somebody else had seen, oh, you're, like Jared, Ephesians chapter 5 talks about the fivefold giftings. Jared, how many, you've had everyone, you've had a word about every single one of the fivefold giftings. Jesus is the only one that has all those words, so Jared, no, you know what I'm saying? So, it's, but people are like, no, you're a prophet, because you prophesied over me, like, oh, you're an evangelist, because you saved somebody, like, the Lord's going to speak it to you, and that's where, like, when you lay it down, usually the Lord will start to show you, like, Taya, when she truly like surrendered and is like, Lord, I'll, I'm open to whatever you have for me. She had multiple things in her personal time with Jesus where people, like not people, but the Lord had showed her that she wasn't going to live in Norway and wasn't going to marry a Norwegian. Does that make sense? So there is 100% an aspect of surrender. And that's why even when somebody shares something that I don't agree with, I always ask myself, I'm like, Lord, am I, am I missing it? Like, is there a place that that's where the relationship with Jesus and surrender always comes in regardless. Like, I'm not just going to write it off. I'm always going to be like, am I missing that? Like, is there something something to that? Um, but then what's your first question? Sure that, like, you don't, yeah, I guess you can put it in the microphone. Okay, so, um, make an example. So, so I encourage someone. Yeah. Like, hey, man, like, I see God, like, God wants you to walk in this. Yeah. You know, like, he's actually offering you a position in this, say, gifting or something. Yeah. Just a level of relationship. And it's like, 
nope, you know what? I went home, prayed about it for a really long time. I prayed a long time, and yeah. nope, not for me. And scripturally, I could debate if I weren't. I could argue, no, like, I'm right. You're totally missing it here. Yeah. You're just full of yourself. Yeah. You know, so now it's not up to me whether he accepts that or not. Right. But let's say if the tables were turned and someone shares something with me, hey, like, I think God wants you to walk in this. I go back and I was like, dude, I don't see this. Man. Yeah. I'm totally... But I think you answered it with the second. Humility. It's, yeah, that whole idea of humility yeah. and surrender. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know what, God, if right, if there's something to this, would you, like, reveal it to me? Yeah. Let your peace settle or something. Yeah. I think I think with the prophetic, what people think is the is prophecy. They believe prophecy, like, foretells the future, and that's not necessarily the case all the time, most of the time. Um, prophecy is more shaping your future if you receive it and a walk in it. So, like... Prophecy is always, you always have to respond. Like I can share a prophetic word. Or I can share something, what I feel. And I've shared things that people are like, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see that at all, man. I appreciate that. And then, and then they just kind of like walk away. And like in my heart, I'm, I'm okay with being wrong. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not prideful. But in my heart, I'm like, it doesn't seem like they're thriving in their relationship with Jesus. And I can see it by the fruit in their life. Like, and the Lord's like, Okay, here's a perfect example. I was in Colorado, me and Taya, um, when we were just there in October, and we're walking through um, my or, uh, Walmart. We're walking through Walmart. So this is in where Bible College, Karis Bible College is in Woodland Park. There's, you know, a thousand students on campus now. There wasn't when I was there, but there's a lot now. So I'm in, I'm in and this guy's working, and I just walk through. I get some cereal, and I walk by, and then I, Taya doesn't want me to eat cereal, but I got some cereal. And um, so I walked by and the Lord just like, I had same thing. The Lord does. I just had the thought that this guy struggles with back pain. I thought it. I'm looking at him. I'm like, I, I thought this guy struggles with back pain. And I knew it was the Lord speaking to me. So I turn around and come back and I go to talk to him. I knock off like a, a jar of mayonnaise, smash it on the ground because I figured he could come over. I'm just kidding. I did it by accident. I did it by accident, Judy. But I tried to slip through and I knocked it over. I was like, dang it. And then I was like, well, here we go. So I was like, hey, man. I said, I knocked over some mayonnaise. So he comes and uh, he's a super nice guy. And I was just like, hey, man. I was like, can I ask you a weird question? I was like, do you struggle with back pain? He goes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, he's like, all the time, like super painful all the time. I was like, that's crazy, man. Would you let me pray for you? He goes, no, probably not. He goes, People, he's like, you know how many people come in here and share that with me? All the time. And I said, I was like, okay. I was like, so I didn't tell you that, right? And he's just like, no, but you could have just maybe saw me like wincing in pain or saw me limping. And I'm like, I didn't. In my heart, I knew I didn't see him. Like he was just standing there working. And I was like, yeah, but I didn't. So like God told me that about you and you're not going to let me pray for you. Like, I, I was just kind of like, I felt the grace to just be like, that's bullcrap, dude. And I was like, <clears throat> he goes, he's like, I, well, I believe in Jesus or I believe in God. He's like, for sure. He's like, I was like, so you're really not going to let me pray. And he's like, he's like, yeah, sorry, man. He's like, people from Karis, they come in here and share that stuff with me all the time. And I'm like, and I walked away. I was just like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. You know what I mean? And I was like, what's the worst that's going to happen? No, I'm good, dude. I was like, all right, man, I, I bless you. Like, have, have a good night. And I was asking the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, like, why did you share that with me if you knew he wasn't going to pray? And he's like, that's because my mercy and my grace is sufficient for people. He's like, I'm hoping that he does every once 
And I'm like, that's Jesus' heart right there. Like, for people, he knows. He's like, he's seen this guy reject, 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 reject. And he's, he's not just like, okay, they're a lost cause. Jesus desires that all men be saved. He desires that all men come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why it would be, he's just like, I'm just going to send another one, and I hope he lets him pray this time. And I hope he opens up. And that's where, like, the prophetic has to be received. Like, how many of you guys know, like, God wants to heal that person or he wouldn't have shared it with me, right? How I many of you know God wants to heal that person because he sent Jesus to put him on the cross? But also, he has every, every bit of intention for that dude to be healed. It's not just like, he, he didn't just want me to be like, hey, you know, I knew something about your back. Sweet. Walk out. Like, he wants that guy to be free and he wants him to know him. But if he doesn't receive it, prophetic is not automatic. It's not like, well, your back's healed. I already said it. Like, done. You know what I mean? Like, he has to receive it so that I can let him, he'll let me pray. Sometimes I just say, I don't really care. I'm praying for you. So you don't have to let, no walk away. Jared did it in the airport. He goes, well, in Jesus' name right behind her. Just like this. <laughs> Didn't you? This guy, this guy in the airport, I'm not kidding you. We're in Detroit Metro Airport. We're flying home from Colorado. I get up and the Lord says the same thing. He goes, that person's struggling with back pain. I don't know how he said it. I think I just thought it. I don't ever, usually don't hear the Lord say that person. I just think back pain. So I said, okay. So I went for it. And the guy's like, dude, absolute old guy he's like dude absolutely back like he goes excruciating pain on my back whatever it's not a believer i prayed for the guy he goes we're outside the bathroom jerry went in the bathroom his wife went in the bathroom he goes dude when you touched my back i'm not kidding you fire shot through my back and he's not a believer he's like i don't believe in god dude but when you touch my back fire shot through my back i said well you should check it because it's probably all gone checks it completely gone he's like unbelievably blown away. His wife comes out. Jared got, walks out at the same time. Jared had walked out just at the like good part. And like, or were you there the whole time? I can't remember. Um, but there's so many of these, but it happens a lot. And it's like, <clears throat> so he's sitting there. His wife walks out. Jared goes, and he shares. Um, he's like, you need prayer for whatever. She's just like, I'm good. Thank you. He goes, sweetheart, I'm not kidding you. This dude touched my back. And my pain is all gone. He goes, look at this. Are you kidding me? Like he's, he goes, just let him pray for you. And she's just like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. He goes, sweetheart, seriously. He goes, I'm so sorry. Sweetheart, this dude touched my back and fire shot through my back. Like the guy's not a believer. And I'm like, in church, I'm not going to lie. If people say that to me, I'm like, sweet. Not here. Other places, people will be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. When you touch me, I'm like, awesome. But when somebody says that in Detroit Metro that doesn't believe in Jesus, and they're in the middle of like everyone walking, they're like, dude, touching his toes. I'm like, that's awesome. And he's like, so his wife's like, she's like, like I said, I'm good. And turns around, she's like, we're leaving. Let's go. Turns around and walking. Jared goes, well, just in Jesus' name right now, we're just praying. And he's just like, no. He's like, she's just like, nope, I'm good. He's just like, well, I don't care. In Jesus' name, praise for her. And he, and I'm just like, but that's where the prophetic has to be received. Like you have like Jesus, you know, Jesus didn't heal everybody on the planet. You know that, but he healed everybody that came to him and everybody that received him. And as many as that would receive him, he gave them the right to be become the children of God, right? As many as would receive him, not the certain chosen few, but as many as that would receive him. And that's why that picture in, in Colorado, when the Lord told me that he's like, Dylan, my mercy is, is abundant for this man. He's like, and I will continue to share with him. Like, I will continue to pursue him. That's why when we, like some of you guys, when you receive Jesus, you can think back that, man, he, he pursued me a long time. Like, there was multiple times of conviction. There was multiple times of surrender that he called me into that I just didn't do it until that point where finally I was like, I'm in. And that's what the Lord, like, no one's going to stand before Jesus and be like, well, you never 
there was never an opportunity. That's not going to happen. Like, God is abundantly merciful for all people, and He's pursuing people way more than we are. Like, He's, we have to realize that, like, the beauty of the gospel is that God wants and He pursues people more than, than we're pursuing Him. Like, far greater than we are pursuing Him. Does that make sense? So does that answer your question? Like, it has to be received. And that's where <clears throat> it might be, it might be a plethora of things that are like blocking people from receiving, but it has to, it has to, it has to come with humility, you know? And there's been times where I'm just like, I feel like there's a word that I have to share. And I'm like, Lord, I, I don't want to share this because I don't think it's going to go over well. And it's like, and I share it and it doesn't go over well. And I'm just like, and I'm not like, I, I remember I was telling Nathaniel this about a certain situation and I shared it and I was like, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm just reading my Bible in a coffee shop and I'm just sitting there and I'm just enjoying Jesus and the presence of the Lord is super strong and I'm just like sitting there like by myself with headphones in and I see this person and this picture flashes before my eyes and I'm like, and I know about what this person is going through and I'm like, I know their life and I'm like, not all their life, but I know what they're going through and I can sense what the Lord's speaking to me about relates to that situation and I'm like, I don't want to share that. I really don't want to share that. And I went and I went and I was like, hey, I, uh, but I'm going to because I'm surrendered to the Lord. Um, and I was like, I went and I'm like, Lord, I, I was like, but in that place, my like love opens the door because I like, it's not going to be comfortable and it's super not awesome to share it, but I love the person and I want to see them free in that, in that area. So I like, I stepped out and was like, Hey, can I share something with you? And I'm like, I'm actually, it's the, one of the most nervous times I've been in like the last five years of my life. Like I'm like shaking to where my like voice is kind of like quivering <laughs> where this, this, this girl, she's just like, been there like, what's your problem? And I'm like, I need to share this with you. And I'm really nervous. She's like, you know, don't be nervous. I'm like, no, I, if you knew I would be nervous too. And I'm like, I shared it with her <clears throat> and she's just like, I don't know what that means. And I just, and it was like a wall came up. It was like, I'm good. Kind of. And I'm like, I said, I, I just, I felt like I needed to share it with you. And, and it's like, from then on, it's been super awkward and hasn't been super fruitful. And I'm like, I just pray that, like you said, when that person gets to that place where they're like, Lord, I feel like I've blocked my heart in the area of Africa. And like, is that true that I should, like, are you actually trying to speak to me? I feel like it'll open up and it'll be like, remember those words, all those things that I was trying, I was pursuing you that whole time. And that's what you're hoping is, you sow the seed and you don't see the harvest, that's okay. God brings the increase, you know? So, does that make sense? I never got to what I wanted to preach on. It was 12 o'clock. Um, it's what we're called to. And it, we need to know that we can hear the voice of God for ourselves in our private time, but we also need to know that we can hear the voice of God for other people because the world is starving for the voice of God. And we have it. Does that make sense? Like, we are dying. Like, man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that's why when we share a word to him in season who is weary, it's a blessing to people. It's like water to their soul. Right? I mean, we've all received stuff from people where it's like, hey, I feel like God spoke to me. This I had this dream. I had this. It's. I mean, it's been, I mean, we can all, I mean, hands would go up all over the room knowing that that's what, like, that's what we're called to and, and knowing that people have received that nourishment and that freedom from that place, you know? That's why we love the prophetic, even though it causes a bunch of, a bunch of problems too. Because it's, 
the risk is or the the reward is greater than the risk. You know, the proverb it talks about the proverb, or in Proverbs it talks about <clears throat> where there is no oxen, the crib or cl- the crib is clean, but great much increase comes from the strength of the ox. And it's like where there's no, you know, where there's no strength, where there's no people stepping out, then everything's clean and, and nice and dandy. But when we when we start stepping out and doing stuff, there might be some messes to clean up. But great strength or great increase comes from from that strength. Does that make sense? Um, that's why I would much rather have to deal with the the craziness and the and the danger of things going weird than I would of having a church that doesn't believe in the gifts and doesn't step out. That's one of the biggest hindrances to people actually opening themselves up to the, hearing the voice of God and receiving the prophetic and things is because they don't want to get off into weirdness and people have got off into weirdness. And I understand that, but like, so we can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater because there actually is the true prophetic. Like there's actually, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've been, I remember I was sitting in this meeting where there was, how do I describe this meeting? Um, there was uh, just some crazy stuff going on. Like people were just like getting prayer and things were, uh, I don't know how to describe this. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Jared. It was just people were getting prayed for and getting touched by the Holy Spirit. And it was just, it was crazy. Like it was just crazy. Like there was people were, it was crazy. Um, Anyways, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Lord, and the Lord spoke to me. He goes, Dylan, you don't need, you don't need fire. I are praying for fire on people. You don't need fire because you already have the fire on the inside of you. That's what he told me. I'm not saying that for everybody. That's what he told me. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, cool, Lord. Then I don't like, because it, in that environment, it felt like I was like, I need something that I don't have. Um, and I have him. So I'm sitting there. My buddy, Andreas, I love him to death. He'll be here. Oh, Andreas is going to come. He's one of our oversight. He's going to come preach around Thanksgiving. So. You guys will hear him. Um, he's one of our oversight guys. He walks up to me. He goes, hey, I feel like God said that you don't need the fire. You have it already. Word for word what the Lord had just told me. on my, And what that does, and that's why the prophetic is so important, is because he just confirmed that I hear the voice of God first off. And then he confirmed what I was believing that the Lord spoke to me. And it's like, I might have been like, I don't know if that's truly the Lord. And that's why, and then like Carrie said, in this environment, you're encouraged that you have people that know God and you're going to make sure that you, like you're going to be encouraged if you make sure that you stay in community. Because I'm sitting in this place and it's like somebody comes and shares the exact thing that the Lord's been speaking to me. Man, that just confirms that, man, I'm heading in the right direction. I'm hearing the voice of God and I'm pursuing Him with all my heart. And like, I know I'm in the right path. Does that make sense? There's safety in that. There's true safety in community. So, any other questions and then I'll finish. All right, you want to stand with me? Michigan State win yesterday? Was it a blowout? They videotaped our stuff. Um. <laughs> oh, Lord. Look, we need to, right now, you need to repent if you believe that that's not available for you. You like, right now in your hearts, if you believe that you're not, 
if it's if it's a gift for somebody else or that you have a hard time, you can't hear the voice of God, both of those are lies and you need to repent from those. You have to, in your heart, settle that right now. That like, if you're believing that, man, other people can hear the voice of God or that's a gift for Jared or that's a gift for Tyler or that's a gift for somebody else and not me, not, and that's not available for me, or that I can't hear the voice of God like that, both of those things you need to repent from because it'll keep you in bondage the rest of your life. And if that's you, I'm serious. You need to repent. And repentance is so sweet because you're just like, man, that's a lie and I'm not believing that anymore. I'm done with it. Like, you need to settle that in your heart, okay? I'm exhorting you right here. This is exhortation. By the Spirit of God, I believe people hear that and think that. You need to repent from that. And that's freedom because on the other side is, let's open the door and let's hear all that God has for me. You know what I'm saying? So, Father, thank you so much for, for what you're doing, Father. And thank you so much for the ability on the ability of the Spirit of God on the inside of us to teach us and show us things about people and about ourselves that we can hear your voice clearly, Father. Thank you that we are your sheep and we can hear your voice. And Father, anything less than that is a complete deception and lie from the enemy in the pit of hell. So Father, thank you that the voice of God is available for us and it's going to unlock identity, security, abundant life for us. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you guys. Um, oh, house, we have a Lord's Table Sunday at people's houses. Um, if Not this Sunday, sorry, two weeks. First, November the 5th, I think. It's the first Sunday of November. If you haven't signed up, can you throw that uh, QR code up? If you haven't signed up, scan this QR code. The lists are in the back, and we will place you in a house. And uh, so that you can meet and we'll eat some food and we'll preach the gospel and we'll heal the sick. Not next Sunday, November the 5th, the next Sunday after that. Uh, we'll have the elders up here for prayer if anyone needs to be healed. Uh, have a good week.